Man, this team is starting to feel like last year's team a little bit. Here we go. Sabres locked on. Sabres podcast, Joe DiBiase. I'll be uh, speaking here for the next 20 minutes or so uh, on the game tonight. I'm recording this on Friday night. Uh, Sabres beating the Florida Panthers in a shootout for a 3-2 to victory that they, you know, got a little lucky with, I think. They, uh, similar to Wednesday's game against Montreal, there were some similarities in that the Sabres thing let their foot off the gas, and we'll talk about that. We'll do trending up, trending down. We'll preview the week coming up, and um, yeah, it's going well. 5-0-1, or 4-0-1 through five games. They have not been uh, through five games in a season where they have not had a regulation loss going back all the way to 2009, 2010. So it's been 10 years since they've had a start like this. So a good start, you know. It's a little different, I would say, than the beginning of the season. I think everyone's a little on edge right now. Everyone's a little nervous because you you look back to last season, you think about the 10-game win streak and the fact that the Sabres were first place months into the season, and you end up with 75 points, 74 points, whatever they ended up with, and missing the playoffs by a lot. And I think everyone's hesitant to jump fully in on the bandwagon right now. And I get that. I get that. Because you look at it, and now it's starting to feel a little similar to me. Um, so before I get into trending up, trending down, the first two games, Sabres were dominant. They, they ran over the Devils. They ran over the Penguins. Since then, I thought it was a 50-50 game against Columbus. I thought it was about a 50-50 game against Montreal. And, you know, there were stretches tonight against Florida where I thought the Sabres played really well. Um, but on the overall... They're starting to slide back, and they're starting to no longer look like that dominant team. And maybe I'm starting to think now that they're not as good as their record says. I do think they're good so far. I think they're playing they're playing well. But I, I don't know. When, when the expected goals for is 62% in the Panthers' favor versus 37 in the Sabres' favor, home game, division opponent, I think I want better than that. So... When the Sabres get up in a 2-1 lead, 2-0 lead, didn't expect them to blow it. But by the once it got 2-1, there was about a, a point where there was nine minutes left. And I looked at the TV and I said out loud, they, they're they playing prevent. Like, they're, they're backing up. They're going defensive hockey here. So that kind of happened against Montreal, too. It felt like even though they outplayed Montreal at times, it felt like they were almost lucky to even get to overtime because Montreal was just peppering them down the stretch. And I think the same thing was happening against the Florida Panthers. The, the Panthers, they came so close so many times before they ended up tying it with 10 seconds left on Mike Hoffman's goal. They deserved to tie that hockey game. They were all over the Sabres in the final 10 minutes. And I think a lot of that was the Sabres letting their foot off the gas. There's some reasons for that that I want to get into. And I think it's about player deployment. And it's looking at the uh, the amount of ice time that certain players are getting. So before we do that, let's go to trending up, trending down. Trending up players in this game. Um, Linus Olmark, he's played great through two games. He is at a point now where, you know, 41 saves on 43 shots. Sabres were outshot by a lot in this game. Uh, 36 of his uh, saves and even strength. Olmark was great. Um, he looks really good. He looks really poised. And I think he's playing well enough to where he warrants getting another start. I think that 
this is the year you want him to take over that starting job. Because if he doesn't do it, here comes Uka Pekalukin at some point. Like he might, Olmark might never do it if he doesn't do it now. And I think a good start for him. I think he's earned the right to be this team's starting goalie, at least on the short term right now. And uh, I would hope he gets the next game. He played terrific tonight for the Sabres. He robs um, Hoffman a bunch of times. Hoffman was the guy for Florida. He was buzzing around. He had glorious opportunity after glorious opportunity. There's a slap shot he has coming down the pipe, right down the middle, and Allmark gets his blocker on it. I mean, Allmark was all over these these scoring opportunities, and you know he gets sniped in that final goal by Hoffman. Hoffman finally beats him with 10 seconds left. But I think on the overall, Allmark played great tonight. A 9.53 save percentage just tonight, and he had a 40. I think. He was around 40 saves, maybe, against Columbus, so Olmark's off to a great start. He is certainly uh, trending up. Kyle Oposo's trending up. That line, the log line, everybody's calling it right now on Twitter, the log line's playing great. Giergensen's, Larson have looked really good, battling up and down the boards, and Oposo's kind of given some offensive flair to that line. One thing about that line that I liked last year was that they always had the puck, and that's kind of carried over into this season. The problem with them, with that line, with Larson, Giergensen's, and Oposo has always been they just can't finish. They can't get the goal. So they're doing the job of a third, fourth line where they're just having the puck, which is not allowing the other team to score, but they're not the best at finishing and getting and producing offense themselves. Tonight they create both goals. Kyle Oposo. Two great passes, two assists on the night, creates both goals. He scored uh, a couple games ago. He's got three points on the season in five games, and he's off to a hell of a start. Larson and Giergensen will do theirs, but Oposo with a great setup to Larson, who had the wide-open net for the first goal. Then Oposo, a great setup to Marco Scandella to set up the second goal, again, into a wide-open net. He made it super easy for them, and he's doing a good job, I think, of creating. I think the less the lesser ice time for Oposo, because at this point in his career, he's not a speedster. I mean, he never really was a speedster, but the skating's starting to go a little bit. I think that's the one thing that Oposo doesn't have at this point. When you're playing him 12, 13, 14 minutes a night, he's fresher every time he goes out there. He has that extra burst every time he goes out there because he's not being played as much. So I think the role that Oposo's playing right now on that line with Larson and Giergensen is going really well, and I wouldn't change anything about it. They're being played as their third line, and I think that I would want to see that continue. Now, one other player that's trending up for me that... His ice time, I would like to see it get a little bit higher, is um, is Henry Yokiharu. I think that he is seeing the ice really well. He is seeing these passes come open before they even before they become available to him. Uh, he hits Casey Middlestat tonight in the first period for a breakaway opportunity right on the tape. Perfect pass, and he's doing a lot of that. He's being trusted in shorthanded situations. He's being trusted a little bit of power play time, not a whole lot. Excuse me, Yoki Haru, I think is playing great, and I would like to see his ice time get bumped up a little bit. He played the least of the defensemen tonight, um, but he was up around 18 minutes. So even though he played the least, he did see a little bit of an increase in his minutes. So Henry Yoki Haru is trending up for me again. I hope that he's going to be a guy that sticks in this lineup once everybody gets healthy on the blue line. Um, trending down, Saboka. Still, offensive end woes. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to take him out of here until he starts either proving that he can be competent in the offensive end or he gets pulled out of the lineup or put in a different role. He's trending down. I mean, you, you, it's amazing to me this guy is still on a line with Johansson and Skinner. It's amazing. Casey Middlestat is trending down for me. He did score the shootout winner, and it was filthy. It was beautiful. He's got the hands. 
It was a great backhand. The I think it's almost hard to imagine without getting a lot of experience playing hockey in your life to understand how hard it is to get that puck with that amount of juice top shelf like that over the goalie's shoulder with a quick flick of the wrist like that on your backhand. It was a, That's a super impressive shootout goal for Middlestat. But what is he doing for me five on five? Right now, it's nothing. Middlestat is providing them nothing in terms of a secondary score. That whole line is not even being played. Middlestat plays eight minutes and 48 seconds tonight. At that point, if Ralph Kruger's not going to play him more and try to let him go through his lumps and try to let him improve on the ice... Send him to Rochester. It's not helping him to be on the ice for nine minutes a game, playing as a fourth liner, because that's what's happening right now. That middle stat VC Rodriguez line is the fourth line. Every game, they are the line that gets that, get, that, get, that is getting the least amount of ice time. They are the line that when the, it's a one-goal game down the stretch, like it was again tonight, Rodriguez and middle stat don't see the ice. They don't see the ice. Now, what I thought was interesting is he pulled VC off of that line and put him with Eichel and Reinhardt. He did that, Kruger did, with about 10 minutes left in the game. Half a period to be making defensive, thought-minded moves like that, to me, is way too early. It is a one-goal game at that point. You are taking your foot off the gas. Rasmus Dahlin did not play a shift in the final eight minutes plus of over, of, of uh, regulation. That's inexcusable. That is absolutely inexcusable. And that's why right now, Ristolainen and Jake McCabe are playing more than anybody. They're playing every other shift down the stretch. Okay? And I get it. They are supposed to be your lockdown, shutdown, physical, defensive pair. But, you know, maybe they wouldn't have been on their heels so much had they had a defense pair that's better at keeping the puck, maintaining the puck. You want to know why they're on their heels so much in this game down the stretch? Ristolainen and McCabe right now are the defense pair that is getting run over in their own end, okay? Their possession stats don't look great, and I think it's showing on the ice. So, why they're being deployed so much down the stretch like that, I think is a bad move by Ralph Kruger. I'm not, I'm kind of 50 50 on Kruger right now. I, I don't want to give him, I would, like, I would give him maybe like a B minus uh, to start the season here. You know, if they're great and if they make the playoffs, he's going to be a coach of the year candidate. What has he done so far, though? I love how they're playing stylistically. I think Kruger's style is working beautifully. They're turning in their own end. They are resetting instead of chipping the puck in. Like If if they're in the neutral zone and they don't think it's going to work, they're backing up. They're throwing it back to their blue line, and they're going to relaunch an attack instead of what a lot of hockey coaches have their teams do, which is chip the puck in and then change or chase it or something like along those lines. And Kruger doesn't have them playing that style, and I like that. The player deployment is where I have an issue. Sabatka has been an issue all season. Right now, Dalene is averaging under 18 minutes of ice time, I think, a night now. Or under 19 for sure. What What's happening there? Like, I know he struggled a little bit, but... Like, are we, is he trying to ease him into the season? Like, I don't really understand what's going on there with Dalene. Does Debatro want him to play him less because he got a little burned out maybe at the end, at the end of last season? I don't know what's going on with Dalene, but... He can't be being benched for the final half a period. He's your best defenseman. Okay? He's your best defenseman. He really is. Colin Miller, um, 
is under 20 minutes a night. Scandella is at 17. Yoki Haru is around 17. And then there's McCabe, 22 and a half, and Ristolainen, 25 and a half. Is that going to come back down to earth? Because it's trending right now that this coach, with the player deployment, is uh, back to what a lot of the old coaches were doing. So I'm happy with one part of what he's doing, not happy with the other. And Middlestad, who this whole thing started with here that I was talking about trending down, he's one of the reasons for that. He's one of the th- my thoughts here. Eight minutes and 48 seconds for Casey Middlestat. I'd rather have him in Rochester. I, I'd like him here, but he can't be playing that little ice time. What's the point? He's hardly on the ice. So either send him to Rochester or play him more. And then Victor Olofsson, who also got benched uh, down the stretch. Now, I didn't think he played great 5-on-5 five five tonight. Um, even on the power play, I thought he had a little bit of trouble. He does end up playing 17 minutes, uh, 13 of it even strength. So... I didn't think he had the best game. I still think right now Victor Olofsson is just a power play weapon. He hasn't showed me, showed me at least, that he can provide consistent pressure, consistent puck movement, and consistent scoring chances for the Sabres 5-on-5 just yet. And that's even playing with Eichel and Reinhardt. He's played okay. He hasn't been my biggest issue on the team whatsoever. But I would like to see more from him 5-on-5, and we've yet to see that. So Victor Olsson in this game for me is uh, is trending down. Uh, I want to take a timeout here. I want to get into a little bit more of the benching of young players in this game against the Panthers. We'll talk about the Panthers a little bit themselves and what we're looking for there. And um, just just the overall just the overall, and letting your foot off the gas like the Sabres have two games in a row here. We'll get into that as well. It's the Lockdown Sabres podcast. I want to tell you about Vivid Seats before we take a break here. It's uh, you, If you're looking for tickets for the Sabres, if you're looking for tickets for the Bills, Vivid Seats is the place to do it. Download it at the App Store or Google Play. Download the Vivid Seats app. Fans are automatically enrolled in the Vivid Seats Reward Loyalty Program, and they will enjoy credits on all their purchases as part of the Vivid Seats Reward. All Vivid Seats confirmed orders are backed by a 100 percent guarantee with reward statuses ranging from mvp to hall of famer customers earn from 10 up to 16 percent credit on all of their purchases go to the app store download the vivid seats app and then enter the promo code because you have major league baseball playoffs going on right now enter the promo code postseason at checkout to receive a discount of up to 100 percent vivid seats download it at google play or on the app store today Welcome back to the Locked On Sabres podcast. Joe DiBiase here, and uh, I got a couple of tweets. I actually forgot to, uh, so last episode, I teased, I think in the beginning, that I was had an announcement for later in the episode, and I actually forgot about it. I didn't end up getting to it, and I haven't really tweeted about this or anything, so I want to let all the listeners know here first of my podcast, let, let them know this news first, because I'm excited about it, and uh, you guys have kind of, you know, you've been here early on, and... Um, it's part of the reason that Locked On Podcast is going to be expanding my role early on, even though, you know, I've only been recording for a couple of weeks, but I'm pumped that uh, they're going to be expanding my role. They're launching the Locked On NHL Podcast, a much w- wider-ranging podcast on all the teams in the league, um, spanning the Eastern Conference, the Western Conference, and I'm going to be recording with a co-host. I'm going to be co-hosting on Tuesdays and Fridays. Um, Tuesdays with the uh, with the co-host of uh, Locked On Leafs. Um, we'll talk a lot of Eastern Conference. I'm sure we'll get into it a little bit. Uh, me and the Lockdown Leafs guy. So um, 
that uh, that should be fun. I'm looking forward to that. We'll be focusing on the Eastern Conference on Tuesdays, and then Fridays I'll be hosting with the Lockdown Oilers guy. You know, maybe a little McDavid Eichel back and forth, maybe that that could be a little heated too. Um, we'll see. Though the Oilers are off to a great start too. So on Fridays it's going to be more we uh, league wide based. So um, I'm really excited. I'm going to be co-hosting the Lockdown NHL podcast, and uh, we're hoping to start next week. So keep an eye out for that. I'm pumped up, but I'll have more details uh, on Twitter at Sneaky Joe WGR or on the podcast here if you're interested. So I'll let you know, but I'm really pumped. Um, Back to the Sabres game tonight. Remember, I'm recording on Friday night here. You're probably listening to this on Saturday morning or maybe uh, Saturday night, the, the, the weekend. You know, bills are off. Get your little Sabre fix in. Um, they, what are they right now compared to Florida? I thought at times they were the better team, but on the overall, Florida is, I think, a better hockey team. Um Bobrovsky in net is a whole nother animal for them now. Like they are a good team. They, they kind of remind me of almost the Sabres and Montreal put together. I think the Sabres have the top end talent and Montreal's kind of got the depth as well as the goaltender. And Florida kind of has all of that. They have the top end talent with Barkov and Huberdo and Ekblad and they have the uh, they have the elite goaltender and Sergey Bobrovsky. Then they have the depth with Vincent Trocheck and Dadanoff and um, Michael Matheson. Like they've got all of these guys. Mark Pesic's a healthy scratch, and I think he's pretty good. So they they've got a lot going well for them right now, and I think they proved tonight that in my mind they are right now a tier above where the Sabers are. I think Buffalo and Montreal are in the middle of the Atlantic Division. I think Florida is closer to the Torontos and the Tampas and the um, and the Bostons of the world. Now, they're not off to a great start at all. Um, they've only played, what, three games here? Four games. They're 1-2-1. One, and one. They've got three points in four games. The Sabres, for comparison, have nine points in five games. But at the end of the day, even though the Sabres have a six-point lead right now, which is actually a lot, and a big margin and goal differential, Florida is still the team I think at the end of the day will be better. I think at the end of the season, they'll end up with more points. But, you know, with this start, the Sabres might make it close. Um, A six-point gap is not nothing. So I I do want to give the Sabres some respect for the early uh, success they've had in the season here. But I think Florida's legit. And even though the Sabres won this game, I think that Sabre fans got an up-close look of what the Panthers are going to look like with Joel Quenville. And I think they're a good hockey team, and I think the Sabres were a little lucky to, uh, to 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 be ahead in that game like they were. And even to, not, to only give up one goal at the end. Florida was all over them. They so easily could have had two or three game, goals in the final five minutes, and the Sabres could have been walking out of there with zero points. But Olmark, great game, and he was a big reason they won tonight. That's why I had him trending up. Um... You don't like to give up a point to a division opponent like that. You give up one point, you're 10 seconds away. The biggest issue I had tonight was letting off the gas in the third period. I, I just don't I don't understand it. This was a thing uh, fans got on Lindy Ruff for a lot. They, they, the Sabres would get a lead and they would back off and go into prevent mode. And Ralph Kruger has done that for two games in a row. And he's done it while playing guys like Ristolainen, Jake McCabe, Johan Larson. Uh, they've been almost double-shifting these guys. And, like, I like Larson. I think he's playing great so far this season. But are we, we're we double-shifting that guy? Like, really? And 
I think I would like to see a little bit more aggressiveness. I would like to see, hey, there's seven minutes left in the game and you're up one. Put put Middlestat's line out there. Go try to score. Put Dalene out there. Let's try to score. Dalene should be a no-brainer. But put some of the offensive guys out there and let's let's not bury our heads in the sand and just try to grind this out. Let's go try to win it. And that has not happened for two games in a row here. And Montreal got a point because of it, and Florida got a point because of it, and I hope that that's something Ralph Kruger will take a hard look at, and he'll change the style and the mentality of backing off like that when they're up late in the third period. Um, but you look at the Sabres' start so far this season, and it's hard to be mad. I mean, they're 4-0-1. Whatever. Like, you've looked great in half your games. You've looked okay in the other half, so I'm fine. I'm fine. The season is going really well. I'm excited, and I just want to be in a race at the end of the day, right? Like last year, they didn't even get to the race. They they had such a great start. It's amazing that they weren't really in it down the stretch. I just kind of want to be there. I want the Sabres to be in it down the stretch, and they're setting themselves up to do that here early in the season. The only team with more points than in with the the only team with more points in the Sabres in the league right now is Carolina. It's funny, you look at the NHL standings actually right now, and it looks like 2006. It's the Sabres, Oilers, and Hurricanes at the top, and then the Ducks. So, it's kind of funny how that's going right now. I don't expect that that's going to continue, but um, that's how it's uh, that's how it's gone so far. Um, quick look at the box score before I get out of here. Um, Jack Eichel plays 25 minutes on the night. He doesn't score up or doesn't show up on the score sheet. Uh, the best players on the score sheet were Gierensens with two assists, Oposo with two assists, Larson with a goal, Marco Scandella with a goal, um, Lena Solmark. I mentioned him earlier. Excuse me, it's late. Uh, Linus Allmark, 41 saves on 43 uh, shots. A good game from him. You look on the other side, Bobrovsky, 30 saves on 32 shots. Evgeny Dadnoff, who I think is a really good player that not a lot of people know about. One goal and one assist. Mike Hoffman gets a goal, finally. He had nine shots in the game. When I said Olmark was owning Mike Hoffman, he had he was 8-for-8 eight eight on Hoffman until that last one. So... Hoffman gets one goal, nine shots on goal, led the game. Huberto with an assist for uh, Florida. Vincent Trocek with an assist as well. The Sabres stats on the season, uh, you've got right now Kyle Poso, three points in five games, one goal and two assists. You've got Zemgis Girgensen. It's got a few points now. That that line with him and Larson I think is looking good. Um Giergensen has got three assists on the season, no goals. Larson, by the way, should have had two. I don't know how he misses that wide-open net at the end of the second period. It would have been awesome. The, the roof would have blown off that place if he would have scored two goals on the same shift. Um, Larson's got one goal on the season. He did not have assists and assists earlier in the year. So um, that's the score sheet. And then quick other look at ice time. VC, 9 minutes, 43 seconds is interesting. Skinner plays over 20 minutes. That was a jump for him. Reinhardt, 24 minutes. That top line's play. Eichel and Reinhardt are being played a lot. 24 minutes for Reinhardt. Michael 25. Marcus Johansson, 19. Let's see here. Olofsson, I mentioned 17 minutes earlier. Sabatka, 15 minutes. I, I, what else is there to say? What else is there to say? 15 minutes of ice time. I, whatever. Um, 
Colin Miller, 19 minutes, 50 seconds. I'd like to see that a little bit higher. I think he should be playing more minutes than Ristolainen at the end of the day. So we'll see, I guess, if that uh, that ends up happening. All right, thanks, everybody, for listening to the podcast today. I'll be back in a couple of days to get a, another one for you to preview the week to come for the Buffalo Sabres. They've got a matinee game on Monday afternoon for Columbus Day, and then they'll head out west to do some West Coast games. So um, we'll, we'll talk then. And thanks, everybody, for listening. And I'll have more details in the Lockdown NHL podcast, which I'm really excited about. So, guys, I'll let you guys know when I know more about that. Um, like, subscribe, wherever you're listening to your podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher. Um, that would be a great help. So, thanks, everybody, for listening, and I'll talk to you soon.